what are you expecting? In these moments that we will share uh, together, in these next moments as we open up God's word, as we uh, worship through, um, through his word, all of life is worship. Though we begin a formal worship at about 10 o'clock here, it doesn't stop when we say a final blessing and we go out the door. Or I, I would submit to you, it shouldn't stop when we go out that door, just that formal time. So we worship through announcements. We worship through songs. We worship through prayer. And we worship through the word. And then we worship through how we live this week. And how you will worship and in where you will worship is going to be different than mine. But I have a belief that, that, that we can gather and have a word from God that is generic at times but specific to where you are that will get you through this week. And that's why gathering together, whether you're doing it online as, as many of you are this morning or for those of us that are here in person, is important. The beauty of what has happened in these last couple months is if you forget something, you can always go back and be reminded of that throughout the week. And, and that's important because sometimes when we are reminded, we are renewed. And when we are renewed, we are rejuvenate, rejuvenated to continue on with what we are going through in life. And so I encourage you to take these next this next season of our messages together. When, when we talk about the kingdom of God, I hope it'll be more of a reminder, especially for you seasoned saints. I mean, I, I think, and I thought hard this week as I've visited with uh, our dear sister, Catherine. What, what does a, let's see, I was 2016, give me a minute, 34 when she hired me. Okay, because she was on the pulpit committee <clears throat> when when I was hired, called here, not hired. I hired the wrong word, really. Uh, called. But you know, what does a 34-year-old teach a 95-year-old about the Word of God? You know, I teach nothing new. I remind us. You know, and, and how even until she was 98, she was still sitting right there at 98. I was a little older than 34, but not much older than 34 and her 98. What does, a, what does some of you who are seasoned saints, you know, what, what, what new can you learn? The reality is maybe nothing new if you've been in the faith longer than some of us have been alive. You have forgotten more than I will remember. I know that's true of Pastor Ken and, and Pastor Ron over here. You guys have learned and forgotten more than I will ever be able to get in my brain. Yet, the call of us together is to be reminded of things. For some of you, you are new in this faith. And, and you're, this may be new, some of these things. And yet the task is we come together at equal footing to the word of God. Not one of us is better than the other. And when God's word gets opened up, life can change for you, for me. And if you believe that this morning, then something is going to spark your heart. Something is it. But let's be honest, sometimes we don't think of that because 
We are swirled with everything going on in our world. And, and so we may be asking the question, I know I've asked it this week, where is God? You know, we were getting post-pandemic. And, and you know what? During the pandemic, we asked this question. It was a little easier to see where things were, where God was, because nothing else was going on. And any shot of light was good. But now we're getting out of this and we're getting, we're getting schedules full again. We're starting to go back to other things. Yet we are still reminded of other things as well. I'm kind of happy that the virus, uh, COVID-19, isn't on the headlines all the time. I got weary of it, even though I don't watch the TV. You know, we watch our one show, right, boys? The Curse of Oak Island. And I love the fact that the ads for that have everything to do with what they want me to buy and not about uh, current events. But you know, since that time, we are seeing increasing darkness in our world. The country of Myanmar, last count just a couple of days ago, over 100 people killed by the government there. We see unrest in ours. We read year or week after week, another shooting taking place. And every conversation that goes with it, people yelling at one another, not just in person, but online. We have people who are, are trying to uh, say what we ought to do or not ought to do. And we put one another down again and again and again and again. And we wonder, where is God? Or maybe uh, you find your heart asking this question. Maybe you dare not say it out loud because you're afraid to maybe say it. But let me put words to it. Is God only to be found in stories and in scripture? Is he only something that a book will teach you about or, or the stories of old, as important as they are? The stories that somebody else. Is this the only place where God is? Because sometimes I wonder if, if part of what goes on in our, in our lives, if we are a Christ follower, I wonder sometimes if we unintentionally live out the fact that you can only find God in a Bible story. And, 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 and we only do that. And, and I want us to be reminded of the truth that God is alive in his story, but God is alive, period. This is the foundation of the story. This is where everything else gets checked by. Your experience doesn't trump the word of God. But if you don't have an experience with God personally or corporately together, then it doesn't matter what these words say because you will think they don't exist. Or there is no power. We submit to the word of God, but we ought to be able to say, I know God is alive, not just because of a story, because I have experienced him today, tomorrow. Where have you seen God? Where has God shown up and shown off in your life? Do you have a story to tell? In these days when our world is asking the question, where is God? And is God only found in a storybook? Can, can the Sioux Clutters of the world say, I will be a witness for God, and this is how I know he's alive today in 2021? Do you have a story to share? 
Because see, that's what, as we get into the season of preaching, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. And, and, and we're going to talk about sharing that story of God. Because Jesus went about and he didn't, he didn't just tell stories, he did things. He proclaimed the kingdom of God is here. And it set up a battle. And the battle of old is the battle that you and I have today. It's the battle that we struggle with right now. And it's the battle of what kingdom are we going to be on? The kingdom of earth or the kingdom of God? And, and you and I have a choice. And the struggle, actually, it's not just a new struggle. See, the, the kingdom of God isn't just a story of the New Testament. It's the story of all of Scripture. From the very beginning of time, the struggle with who is the king of your world? Adam and Eve had that choice, and you and I have a choice. The kingdom of God. We need to decide which kingdom. Which kingdom? And it isn't just a one-time decision. I started my journey in answering the question, which kingdom would I be about in November of 1994? at a place called Woodland Altars Retreat Center, uh, Preble County, Ohio. Boy Scout camp, if I remember correctly. That's where I finally decided which kingdom I would try to live up to. Now, does that mean I was living a horrible life prior? No, I, I grew up in a church. But I still had to decide which kingdom I was going to be a part of because the world will tear us one way or another. Yet, I can't just rest on the fact that that November evening, I said, I want to be in the kingdom of God. I must still make a choice each and every day. And that is a struggle. That is where life starts to get hard. It's the struggle that on that day, I had to start to learn what it means to take up my cross each day. Some days are much easier. As you, I know, experience. Some days it's not a problem whatsoever to worship the Lord, to, to say of his goodness, to have a story to tell, but then there are other days when you are out for the count, it seems. Nothing is going, and you are asking the same questions as others. Where is God? Not just where is God in a very <clears throat> generic sense, but where is God in my pain? Where is God in my abandonment? Where is God in my darkness, in my despair, in my discouragement? I heard him once before, but I wonder, is he still alive today? And our heads will tell us, especially if you are a senior saint and seasoned saint and you've been around the church, you know, you know the answer from the Bible. Of course he's alive. But then there's that heart that says, yeah, but. And so we ask, where is God? And I think in asking that, we need to ask this question, what is the kingdom of God? Is the kingdom of God, is, is the rule of God, is the reign of God? Just something for the future that one day we get to. Or is there an element of the kingdom of God that can be experienced right now? 
as you sit in this pew or at home in your, on your, in your chair? Is it just something for, for people like Catherine who now has experienced the fullness of the kingdom of God? I don't know about you, but I'm jealous of that lady. I'm jealous of that lady. I know I'm not to be envious. I am not to, to covet what my neighbor has. But when someone has gone home to the Lord, I get jealous over and over again. But I wonder if there's a part that I can say, there is a kingdom of God that I can experience. It's not the fullness that she has. But there is something for today so that I can actually not be a hypocrite because I have sung the song, It Is Well With My Soul, this morning. I can actually live that out. I have hope. Or as Paul says, and I love it, and I think we need to see it again and again, especially as, us, as a church, as we mourn and grieve the loss of Catherine. We grieve differently, but we still grieve. We still miss. We still long. We still, if we had it our way, death wouldn't have a part of it. But we grieve with hope because of the kingdom of God. And so open up your Bibles or find it online. Matthew 12 is where we're going to start. I've always been fascinated with the kingdom of God. I'm still fascinated with it. Uh, I, I think we need to be reminded of it. Because if we get a glimpse of what the kingdom is, I, don't, I believe it not only makes a difference one day. I mean, scripture is pretty clear. There is a coming kingdom. There is going to be a time when all things are made new. When there is no more mourning, there is no more crying, there is no more sickness, there is no more death. Can I get an amen there? I mean, come on, Jesus. Come on. You know? And, and I know uh, some of you think I'm crazy for uh, many reasons, but one of the reasons is, hey, I'm okay if Jesus either calls me home or comes back right now. I mean, George was joking that he, we only get about a quarter of a sermon today. You know what? If Jesus wants to make it a quarter of a sermon, whatever happens afterwards, if he comes back, will be much better. All right? That'll be all right. You know, I don't know what we pastors are going to do in heaven, but hopefully not preaching as much, maybe. Because we'll just say, there it is. There's the sermon. There's the message. There's the word. Go talk to the word. And we'll just be right there like little puppies going... Let, tell me more. Tell me more. When finally we will be able to sit down and stop talking and rest. Matthew 12, though, our, our passage this morning it is one that I've interacted with uh, throughout my years. So this isn't a reused message. There is no such thing as I believe. But it means I've at least studied a little more than just uh, for this week on this. We read what the, that Jesus and the Pharisees are starting to get, you know, a little bit more public in their debates. You know, they're starting to kind of be a little bit more anxious about what he is doing and who he is claiming to be. And so the Jesus withdraws for a little bit. This is the context going out before our verses. And then in 22, verse 22, Matthew 12, 22. We read this. Then the people brought to Jesus a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? 
that put yourself in this story for a minute. And I just, just close your eyes. I'm going to tell this story my own version, <clears throat> but I want you to look. Maybe close your eyes. So you're walking within a crowd of people. <clears throat> you know there's been debate about this Jesus guy and about these other leaders who you trust, who you know, who, who have never led you astray. And, and someone in your, in your acquaintances, someone in the crowd that is pushing up with you, brings this man that <clears throat> has a trifecta of issues. He is possessed by an evil spirit, or so everyone believes. He's also blind, and he also cannot speak. He can hear all that is going on. He hears the commotion. He knows he's brought to somebody. And within a word, this Jesus guy heals him. So not only is he freed from the demon possession, the evil spirits, he is now able to see. And for once he sees, or maybe he sees again, and he is now able to speak words that you've never heard him utter. You never knew it was possible. And you start to, to hear the rumblings of those around you. Could this be the long-awaited one? Could this be where the kingdom comes back? Could this be? I mean, wow, look what this Jesus guy did. He, he's doing a great work. This must be the son of David, the Messiah. Oh, yes, this must be the Messiah. And then you look around, wondering who else had heard. Others heard too. Your, your religious leaders have heard. And they go, all right, guys, come on. Let's all think this through. Obviously, he only cast out demons by the prince of demons. Okay? He's not able to do this on his own. And you go, oh, well, that's a thought, but wait a minute. Okay? So, so this Jesus guy is really just possessed himself. Oh, well, then he can't be the Messiah if he's possessed. And then all of a sudden, everyone stops. And this Jesus guy speaks up. Every kingdom divided against itself obviously can't exist. If Satan were to drive out Satan, how is that even possible? But first, you've got to go in and you've got to find the strong man. And then you can carry off all the possessions of the house. So if I'm just Satan casting out Satan, then you have nothing to worry about. But if I cast out and I heal and I do the things I do by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. If you're not with me, you are against me. If you do not gather, you scatter. I tell you, lots of sins can be forgiven, but when you attribute the work of the Spirit of God to the enemy of God, you are in no place to receive forgiveness. For you will be judged by what you say. You will be judged by what you have uttered. 
Make the tree good. Make the house good. Make the heart good. And everything is good. The story of God, loosely based on Matthew 12, 22-37. See, we're getting at this point where Jesus experiences very similar things that you and I may experience. People may not like what you do, may not like the fact you are different, may actually tell you things that are halfway true, may sound logical and reasonable, but if they don't get their way, they may take it a step further. And we see this in our world where not only can we disagree, we can't disagree with somebody, but in order to disagree with them, we have to attack their identity and their character. And we see it all the time. And we will see it again and again. And Jesus is being attacked not by what he does, but see, he's being attacked now in his character. What is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is not what is happening in this story as far as what the Pharisees are doing. The kingdom of God is not attacking somebody's character just because we disagree with them. We need to get back, be reminded of those essentials. What is the essentials of the kingdom? What do we learn from this text, this story this morning? We learn that Jesus is the king of the kingdom. You say, well, he doesn't say that. Well, yes and no. Yeah, he doesn't proclaim, I'm the king. But he also says very boldly, listen, if you're going to attack my character, you're going to say, I'm of the kingdom of Satan. I'm the enemy. Then tell me, how can I do this? And better yet, part of the story I didn't tell you, then if, if I'm doing this by the force of the kingdom, you have your own people in your camp who do similar things. How do they do it? Are you now saying that they are better than I. And, and the Pharisees are left flat-footed again. You see, because the world was starting to see that this Jesus guy is different, the kingdom of God is different, and they're proclaiming, is this the king of that kingdom? They remember the words that Matthew graciously gives us before the story from Isaiah 41. Where, or 42, sorry, where it talks about this king of the new kingdom, the promise that is coming. And Jesus does a work. And it reminds us this morning that the kingdom is alive. There is a part of the kingdom of God that is present right now or can be present right now. It's not just future. But if it isn't partially future, then we don't have a hope. There's a, there's a consummation that will happen in the future. But the kingdom is alive right now. Our salvation in Jesus isn't just something that will get us to heaven someday, but it is something that will make a difference today. Or I believe it ought to. And Jesus says that as much. And he says that the kingdom is alive. And how do I know that to be true? He says here, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? He's making an indication here that, that the Pharisees are saying that, that Satan is alive and well. Well, we could say that too. We know there is evil in this world. 
But Jesus is saying, I haven't come in. I can't do the work of healing. I can't do the work of forgiveness. I can't do anything that I'm doing if I haven't put him on notice and said, you're done for right now. Now, the work of, uh, the, of, of sin has started from the end of time. And there's consequences of sin. But Jesus, by his death and his resurrection and his life, says, that's not the end anymore. You now have a choice between the kingdoms. And the kingdom of God is alive, but it's not just alive. The kingdom of God is powerful. You, there, th this story is amazing. He not only cast out a demon, Okay? And there's indication that the, the demon may have been causing the other physical issues, but Jesus could have cast that out, and that would have been pretty amazing if I'm watching that firsthand. I'd be like, okay, yeah, really something interesting about this guy. But he also casts the demon out, and he heals not just his blindness, but also the speech. Can you imagine that? Imagine experiencing that. No wonder people go, this has to be the Messiah. Do you have a story with Jesus where you are left going, he really has to be who he says he is? I mean, I heard the words. I've seen, I've, I've seen others do it, but have you interacted and you have an experience with Jesus where you could say, I, I know it is true, not just because the Bible tells me so, though that must be your answer, but it has been confirmed in life. But the Bible says so. Because if you don't, then, then we cannot be witnesses because we have nothing to tell. A world that is looking to ask and answer the question, where is God? And so he does. He binds up the powerfulness, the spirit of God. See, Jesus is proclaiming that the kingdom of God I'm the king of the kingdom, and the worker of the kingdom is the spirit of God. By the spirit of God, I do this, so the kingdom of God is upon you. We, we learn in Ephesians and in Colossians and, and many other places uh, in the New Testament where Paul proclaimed, Acts tells us, the kingdom of God. And what we see Paul say over and over again is the spirit of God is in you. If you are a part of Jesus if, Jesus, if you are in Jesus, you have the Spirit of God in you. So you have a power to no longer be bound by sin. You have a power to no longer say yes to sin. You can say no to sin this day. But you're not going to do it on your own. You've got to use the power of the kingdom, which is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Christ, they're one in the same. What kingdom will you live in today? Are you dealing with discouragement over the sins that you have committed? Are you dealing with the discouragement, the despair, this powerlessness because you can't get it right? You've tried, you've tried, you've tried. May I submit a better way, the way of the kingdom, which looks at Jesus and said, Jesus, if you can, and you did. You healed this man. You healed of his blindness. You healed of his inability to speak. You healed him from a demon possession. Surely you can take me from my sin. Surely you can proclaim freedom to my sin. Because the kingdom of God, Jesus came to set people free. We're going to look at this passage maybe next week, maybe the week before. 
But the passage where he says, uh, you know, he he stands up in, in the synagogue and uh, he, he, let's see, where does it come? He stands up in the synagogue and he, and he talks about, he picks up, it's the reading of the day, uh, Luke chapter 4, the reading of the day from the prophet Isaiah, all right, the hope of Israel. Where he says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the Lord's year of jubilee. Where has Christ set you free? Where do you need to be set free by Christ? And, and whether you are a senior saint, you've been around these walls long time. Or you're very new. The kingdom of God says, I can set you free of you. May you be reminded so you may be renewed, so you may be rejuvenated to be people who can proclaim the goodness that you can be set free today. Not just someday, but today. See, this isn't though a freedom. See, there's a, that battle we said just a couple minutes ago. The battle between the kingdom of earth who says, yeah, you're free. Free to do whatever you want. And we think that's freedom. That is just enslavement by a different name. Jesus came to set you free. Not so you could do whatever you want, but so you could be entrusted to the king of the kingdom. Who says, my ways are better than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I set you free, and if I set you free, you are free indeed. We can live out this new type of freedom. We live in the land of the free. We have more freedoms than anywhere else, and that is a wonderful thing. But there is only one person who can give us freedom, and that is Christ himself. No government on earth can do it. Only Christ can set you free. You have freedom in Christ. Are you living it? And part of that freedom is submitting to one another out of love. One of that part of that freedom is being there with one another. One of that is, is looking out for others. As Jesus does in our passage this morning. We have the power to overcome sin. I don't know what you struggle with. I'm willing to sit down and talk with you about it. And it doesn't have to be a, a major thing, because as I read scripture, you know, the struggle that I have, and you might be able to resonate, but the struggle I have sometimes isn't the major things. It's the little things that get in the way of me seeing who Jesus is. I don't know what it is for you. Some of you uh, watching and some of you here, it is a major thing. It is ruining your life. Uh, the hope of the kingdom of God is that today you can be set free because the kingdom of God says you have power to overcome sin. But the hardest thing is the hardest thing that the Pharisees of that day had to do. They had to see Jesus as the king, as the way. And the struggle that you and I have is intentionally and unintentionally saying, it can't be that way, it must be another way. 
And the kingdom of God says there's only one way, and that's Christ. Christ in Christ alone. So which kingdom do you want this morning? You have a choice. Yet today, between two kingdoms, the kingdom of this world will give you lots of great things. Or the kingdom of God, which is found through submitting to God through Christ. What kingdom do you want this day? Jesus talked a lot. In fact, throughout the Gospels, as we will find in our time together over these next weeks and months, as Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God. And we're going to get into that. He said, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. Seek after the kingdom of God first, and then the things of the kingdom of earth will be added in. He wasn't against the things of the earth. We don't live in a sheltered world. We live out in the world because we have hope that is now for ours and for ours into eternity. Which kingdom will you choose today? Which one? You can't have them both. Jesus said it this way elsewhere. You cannot serve, let me paraphrase a little bit, you cannot serve two different kingdoms, two different kings, and two different rulers. You will love one, and you will hate the other. Who is your king? I, if you are curious about how to make Jesus the king of your kingdom, let me know. I'll sit with you. We'll struggle it out together. This is what we do on Sunday nights. I mean, we do a little more. We like to eat, don't we, Jordan? You know, because, come on, Jesus was about food, all right? And, you know, uh, we can be about food and Jesus. You know, we have some great conversations. We try to figure out what does it mean to live as king, as Jesus the king? I will walk alongside you. You see, you got to ask and answer the question. Do I want the kingdom of Jesus or do I want another kingdom? And you're going to have to ask it again and again. But I tell you, there is no better king than King Jesus. There is no better king than the one who conquered not just life, but death. So that he could say, I am the resurrection and the life. And when you and I submit to the king of the kingdom, you will see God show up and show off. And you will have a story to tell. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this time. Lord, as we come 